0: Hi, Rachel. Hey, girl. Um, I brought a snack to show you. (gasps) Okay, let me grab my coffee, and I will have a look at that thing. All right, where's the snack you're talking about?
1: All right, here it comes.
0: See this? Oh, that's that's the thing from last
1: night. Oh, Oh, watch this, Jamie. Yeah, you showed me last night. Clementine. Clementine. Looks like a Clementine. Very juicy. Okay, ready for this, James? Jamie you know how there's weird like produce like when we were little there was green grapes and red grapes but now there's cotton candy grapes and stuff Mm -hmm. this is like a cross between a clementine and a raspberry raspberry wait till she opens it it's like a blood orange but it tastes like blood oranges are gross too orange
2: kool-aid of wonder where'd you Um, get it target you ever hear us talk at the beginning and you know that that's the intro Hello, and welcome to Table for Five with no reservations. Take a seat at the table for a fresh, sweet, salty, tart, and pleasantly bitter conversation.
0: Hello, and thank you for taking a seat at the table with us today. We are on series 15, episode three on our Looking Back series. And I will talk about which one I chose because I'm I'm really excited to do this one. But seated at the table with me today is Tabitha. Hello. Jamie. Jamie. Hi. Kim. Hello. Rachel. Hey everybody. And I'm Jen. So the episode that I chose to look back on is Friendship from Series 4, Episode 4. Friendships was one of the most shocking things to me, I think, on this autism journey, the the whole relationship. And it was actually a relationship series.
1: So let's, uh, let's chat with you, Rachel. How are you feeling since that episode? You know, I continue to be so grateful for you guys. I feel like what we have is so lucky. Like it's so incredible to have found each other. I'll say it again for my home girl, Kim. We are an unlikely pair. And it is incredible to have you guys in my life. And, and I feel like when I'm outside of us, but within the autism community, you know, you guys are the first thing that I talk about my life has changed so much by joining a community of people that understand like our atypical is typical within the community that we surround ourselves with and it's life-changing and then you know there's that the like deep and real friendship just has changed so much I think the aspect of friendship that's changed for me most since we last recorded about this topic specifically is that I've also begun to find local moms that are autism moms as well. And, you know, I live near Kate, and so we have frequent meetups with her group. And just tonight we were at music class with Chris and her family and Kate and Cooper and several other families that we know, and it's just a gas to show up and everything's okay. I mean, my kid was hitting those drums and oof. (laughs) Anyways, it's been really healing for me to have people that I can also hug during these moments. You know, You're Chris has changed everything, yes. but I mean, I'm, I'm still like, I get the cheeks the other day. We all showed up on the same call and in the last episode that aired today, which is uh, within the series, but episode one, we talked a bit about friendship at the end of that episode. And I just like, when we all showed up on the call this week, I was like, Oh my God, it's happening. Like, it's just so magic. Good. It is life-changing mm-hmm. for sure. All right. So Kimmy, what about
3: you? Um, It's kind of still the same. Didn't really change. I still don't really have any friends. <laughs> I still just have my family and you guys. So not not too much has changed in that in that aspect. I don't really have any friends in real life that have kids with special needs or kids with disabilities or anything like that. Between work and family and my husband, like I don't really have a whole lot of free time you know, to spend with other people. So just kind of do my own thing.
0: Well, it's funny because when I listened back, when I chose this episode, um, you talked about that. You were young when you had your first child, you've been together forever. Rachel, you talked about how your, your work, all that. We talked about how all that stuff changed, but I think that even if there was these perfect situations for us, this takes so much time. Kimmy, you said it. There's nothing left to give to anybody else and yeah. you, like you said that in that episode so that's kind of I, I feel like
3: sometimes it's like when I finally do have some downtime, if that happens I just want that time to myself I don't yes. necessarily want to and I, I mean it's different probably for me because I have two you know kids that are they're 18 and 20 so not that they're my friends obviously they're my children but like I can watch TV with them or, you know what I mean? Like, go go to Target with them or, or whatever it is. So when I get that downtime, I just want to be by myself. Be by yourself, yeah. And be, and be in the quiet or, like, you know, maybe it's that. I'm, like, right now um, in a TV show, literally a minute. <laughs> but um, I don't know. There's just not. I have people that I talk to and stuff, obviously, but it's just not really yeah. people that I would necessarily yeah. call. Like, if they were married, I'd go to their wedding. You know what I mean? But they're right, not people that right. I would necessarily be like going to dinner with or you know I my family's so big in my house I have eight people here I I have plenty of people to do stuff with so yeah
1: yeah I um, I um, love that about you I feel like when you have some extra time for whatever reason you spend more quality time and more quantity of time with the people that get less of you when you're doing all the things and it's a busy week or it's hard because of one yeah. thing or another
3: I feel like you rebalance like right now Kara is home from college so she's on college break so she's not you know normally here we're watching a show together her and Lexi are watching a show together me and Neil are watching a show together it's
0: like <laughs> cutting into our
3: time girl needs I to go know, back to school now and it's so what once we watch get finished with this show like we probably won't watch anything for three more months but it's just um even tonight I'm like
1: I can't watch my show I have the podcast (laughs) one of the funniest things you said this week Kimmy was this show that you're watching right now is so old that you can't write the writers to be like actually (laughs) <laughs> misstep I was like so upset the other day I was, which like, made me crack up because it's so your <laughs> personality you know what I'm saying I
3: was nail. like literally this is what I said I go if what what I think is going to happen happens I'm gonna this tv is gonna be off the wall I'm not even kidding I was like I was like so rubbed up and then I'm like Like if this person dies i'm like i'm done i'm done i'm done (laughs) and and i can't talk to anybody about the show because like people even watch it like 17 years ago are like i'm probably never gonna watch i get so worked up and he's like all right i'm going to bed i'm like you're going to bed it's a season finale (laughs) he's (laughs) like yeah we can watch it tomorrow (laughs) so i'm like all
1: worked up and like (laughs) nobody likes a quitter neil
3: (laughs) there's like there's like a personality disorder i forget what it is i was reading about it and it's like oh do you do you blur fantasy and reality do you like think characters are real I'm like I might have this
2: (laughs) it happens that's all right yeah it's too crazy to have friends
0: what about you James
2: so listening back I thought a lot about well it was just funny I always am worried about listening back to an episode and being like oh my gosh what was I saying but I was literally listening and I like was saying something and I was like oh I should add this to that when we talk about tonight and then I would say that in the episode and I'm like oh I'm a genius (laughs) Really just listen back. I had nothing else to say. (laughs) I'm good. No, it made me reflect on a lot of like, I mean, how much our lives have changed since then, which isn't like a ton necessarily, but some things that we talked about, I was like, oh, or just realizations about things like we talked a lot about, especially you, Jen, about almost being bitter towards other people. I don't know if that's. You like that word, me describing it that way? Yeah, bitter but, Betty, yeah. But I thought about that a lot because I, I, we spoke a lot about having friends online and I talked about my two other friends who I only speak through Marco Polo to and how I have to do that, I think. Like, I think right now in my life, I mean, I could, it would just be different. But like having a close relationship, if my friends who I talk to all the time online with typical children, if we lived near each other again, because these were friends that I have lived close to, it would be a lot harder for me to see all those things, to see their kids' progress or them to want to go do things that I can't do. So how like the internet has really made relationships more possible for me because nothing against anybody out there, but I can't take it. Like I, it's easier for me to be a friend with someone if they're sending me a voice message or a video message telling me about something their kid did to say. And I can be sad about that in my own time. I can stop that video, watch it, respond later when I'm in a better headspace. things like that. And also like time-wise and all that stuff, it just, it made me really realize that. I'm like, huh, I, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing that it's really hard for me to have in-person relationships now with other mothers who have kids around my son's age or just, you know, kids even older. Because it's hard for me to navigate that stuff, and it's so much easier that I don't have to make excuses why we can't go places, or I don't have mm-hmm. to do try to go those places and watch everyone else be able to do things and thrive. So I thought a lot about that, and I thought it was really interesting. I thought a lot about how we talked about even in our realm of parenting, and comparison comes up a lot between kids and different disabilities and um, more profound disabilities and. Um, autism or more physical disabilities and things like that. And I, and we talked a little bit, I think Kim brought it up how like, you know, she doesn't have to worry about Alyssa wanting to have friends or wanting to do this or that. And back then with Jesse, he didn't seem to really understand any of that stuff. And now looking at him, I do feel like he doesn't fully understand. And it's more like, well, this is what happens on TV or this, and that, but I'm starting to see that in him where he does kind of want those things. And that part made me a little like teary eyed thinking about, we all have different trials and they all suck. (laughs) Like it, it's sad either which way it's sad for Kim to have to say like, Alyssa doesn't want that. There's a benefit to that because she doesn't have to necessarily be, have her heart broken every time someone rejects- sounds a
3: lot sadder when you say
0: it about <laughs>
2: like <laughs> listening to you say it I'm like oh that's sad Jamie I know exactly
0: exactly what part you're talking but, about
2: and then it's sad on Jesse's end and because he kind of wants those re- I won't say he fully wants those relationships with other kids because really mm-hmm. other children are unpredictable and really a hassle for him but sometimes you can tell he wants that like idea of friendship
1: mm-hmm. even Doesn't- you know too that the fact that he's latching on to the modeling from shows of friendship means that his interest is there or it's peaked something in him. And then what comes next? You know, yeah. like.
2: Well, and that's what the next thing is now that he's understanding that he's seeing it in other kids. And right now, he thinks all other children, he calls them, are kind of like great when they're off to the side doing their stuff. And now I can see it in his future because our kids' futures are so unpredictable starting at the beginning. We don't know where our kids are going to be. But now I can, I know it's going to get to the place. I can say with a certainty, it's going to get to a place where he doesn't understand why he can't socially interact with his peers Mm -hmm. and why he can't gain friendships in the typical way. Like I'm an awkward person. Yeah. Or keep, I've had problems with friendships and stuff in the past. And obviously for him, that's going to be like tenfold. And that kind of breaks my heart a little bit. So thinking about that back then where I was kind of worried about that and thought about that, but I just didn't. I just didn't know. And now I feel like I can see that a little more. And it's
3: funny that you say that yeah. because Lexi, even though she's doesn't have autism, she has ADHD, like she couldn't really have friendships when she was younger because, well, she just had to have everything go her way or no way. Mm-hmm. It's a lot like some of our kids, like, so like, she couldn't like bend to like be in a friendship. Like she was just like, Don't yeah. forget it then. And she didn't yeah. really seem to care. Like it didn't bother her like that. She didn't, she didn't like seek out friendships. And I think because she has a sister who's two years older than her, there was tons of cousins and it reminds me of Jesse, like Mm -hmm. he's going to get that need from his family, his sister, his cousins. And then, but then eventually it changed. Like eventually as she got older, then she, you know, she has her, her, she kind of has a big friend group, but she's really close to like one or two girls that are like her best friends. And, um, you know, and, and that changed for her over time, but like, she just didn't care like she was just like and even when kids would be over at the house like if it was a big group of kids like she never did well because like she she just I don't know because so she's like the youngest and she was just used to like you know mm-hmm. things would go her way it but like her way. yeah she'd come but, in the house and I'd be like what are you doing she's like I'm not playing and I'm like why she's like I just don't want to and she would just like go in her room and like all the kids would be out in the yard playing and I'm like we didn't necessarily know that she had ADHD yet she didn't get diagnosed so she was nine it kind of like made sense like you know in hindsight but like she wouldn't be crying or
2: upset or anything she'd just be like and that's like know. my hope i guess for jesse is that that's more his attitude than opposed to being like because i mean there's already been instances where even kids in his autism class he's been left out of those circles and friendships and i can tell that it bothers him a little bit and but then you know then he lists off the toy story characters or something you know like so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so they just like, have a very different way of looking at things
3: sometimes kids in general but like especially with autism it's like it's so
0: one-tracked you know but those were the I mean I talked earlier about how Kimmy said there's nothing left to give other people but also that other point where you said for Alyssa the understanding of it the wanting of it isn't there and you know we're in this sort of weird spot right now because Kaya very much loves being around other children and also I can I can tell when like you said James I can tell when she knows she's being and and I have to really be careful because it's really hard for me as her mom mm-hmm. to witness that kind of stuff you know so yeah. um but I'll talk about myself after back to you James
2: <laughs> I just think I mean that's always been my biggest worry I mean I've always had a hard time taking my son to the park, that rejection of my kid. And I know this is projection of myself. I was a very shy kid, awkward kids made fun of me. I was bullied a lot in elementary school. And so I think I'm projecting that partly on him, but like going to the park and seeing, even though he doesn't notice right now, but seeing kids even maybe try to include him or he's run up and start trying to play with kids. And then they notice the difference and they kind of reject him is like, the most heartbreaking thing for me like and I mean it's been that way even when he was younger and it wasn't that noticeable I still noticed and it just oh it just hurts because I'm like don't reject my kid. Mm
4: -hmm. yeah yeah I feel bad so much
2: what about you Tess when
4: I think about what we're talking about our kids like I have two complete opposite children in that sense at this point in time like Nixon is social he wants to be around other kids he wants to engage with other kids You can tell like with Jesse at different points, he notices that he's not being included and it is heartbreaking. I mean, there's been times where he's tried to engage with kids at the park and, you know, he gets shunned. And then with Nora, she doesn't have verbal language and now she's older. And so four-year-olds can talk. And if a kid tries to engage with her, luckily she could care less about other kids. (laughs) I mean at this point in time she I, she does like she'll engage with her but even her brother it's like he's engaging with her you know she's not seeking out that engagement unless it's an adult so they're complete opposites in that sense and you it is i mean i have had moments where i've cried in the car because of interactions with nixon and other kids and you know i think he is a social guy in general and um you know it is sad if he's trying to engage with other kids. And then at different points too, kids will try and get, we went to a birthday party this last weekend and some of the kids from his class were there and they tried to say hi to him. And it was like video games and music was playing. And, you know, in that sense, he just loses his language. And they tried at the front end, but it made a lot of it was me and him hanging out pretty much the birthday party. You know what I mean? So I don't think it necessarily bothered him at all. But as they get older, I think it becomes clearer like that sense of of things. So when I was listening back to the episode though, I was thinking about the the differences in needs of our kids and how sometimes, you know, it can be painful to us to to like try and talk to our friends who have neurotypical children about their kids' growth and the easiness of it. But I was after I listened to the episode, I was picking up Nora from her program and it's an all mix of kids. It's not just kids with autism kids in wheelchairs you know kids with down syndrome cerebral palsy and i was watching a mom like unpack a wheelchair out of her car and i was just like how hard mm-hmm. even just physically
0: mm-hmm. in it
4: in itself like our kids are heavy but i just take my daughter out of the car i don't have to like unpack a wheelchair and prep all of that and the, so I thought a lot about that after listening back to the episode, and then I thought about this move and in the episode, I was talking about my friendships in Arizona versus my montana long, Montana friends, yeah. yeah, and there has been a huge shift in that, like my best friend and really most of my friends here I could leave my kids with at this point, which has been
0: That's
4: awesome incredible, like my best friend came over when I took Nixon to the birthday party to watch Nora and she hung out with Nora for like an hour and a half. I never had that in Arizona before. I mean, a couple friends, not never, I shouldn't say never, but my friend Natalie in Arizona did help us. But the point that she could just come over on a Sunday because she has availability and space and she loves my kids. Like I love my kids and she understands them. Like she knew that. Nora wanted the eggs out of the fridge by leading her over there, you know, just like taking the time to like understand where she's at has been a real big, big shift with the move. And for me, yeah, I was thinking about this too. Like there's still like a deep, heavy loneliness that comes with our parenting. And I think it's because of the hypervigilance, even when you're out, you can't be fully focused when you're out with your kids period I mean you just can't you're always watching you're always monitoring there's no sitting down and taking a seat anytime period and for me times two at this point I think that's there's just like a heavy loneliness that comes with friendships and space I I think um period no matter where you are but I do feel grateful that I'm here with people who not only understand me as a human being, but understand my kids, you know, in a different way that I haven't had before their whole lives, I don't think, except for when we were with them. So that has been a big, big shift for me and it's I'm eternally grateful for it. And then also for me, my friendships here, I've been spending a lot of time trying to be out of my house when my kids aren't home because it's so painful when they're not here. And so I think that spark has kind of, turned back on a little bit of doing things for myself and trying to be around people and trying to have conversations that aren't specifically centered around only autism and more. I I did not realize how much I quit talking about myself in this life. It was autism, 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 autism all the time. And not because I wanted it to be or didn't want it to be. It just was like the processing of the diagnosis and all the emotions. And I think you get into this mindset right after diagnosis. And I was thinking about this the other day too, where you're just seeking, you're seeking support, you're seeking information, you're focused on therapies, you're learning all the things that you can learn. And there's, there's no space to think about anything else or yourself at that time. It's all consuming. It's all consuming. It really is. And I think This six months is the first time that I've kind of semi popped out of that space and done some healing as far as the like we passed Nixon's first anniversary, November 11th, of his at risk autism diagnosis. And it came and went. I didn't even think about the day twice. In the past, I have like sat in that hardcore day. And then in December, I was like, holy crap, the day passed. And I think. Nora's for sure I was aware of the time frame because it had been two years and we're still yeah. dealing with communication and
3: that's so close to her birthday
4: and it's close to her birthday and Christmas all the feelings that came around Christmas it was just like a heavy heavy time but I was surprised when I thought back, like there's just so many other things going on and so many other things I'm trying to process right now that it almost is giving me a space to actually think about other things, which I didn't realize until we were listening back to this episode. I was like, wow, like I really have changed so much as a person over the last six months. It's incredible. And my friends in Arizona are amazing. They they wanted to know my kids. It just... I did not have the space to explain anything to anyone during that time frame, And that was on me. That wasn't on them. I think they wanted to be part of my kids' mm-hmm. lives and wanted to share in that experience. I just literally could not.
0: It's what Kimmy said. There's nothing left to give anyone else. Yeah. Like, the, yeah. yeah, there was like, like, yeah,
3: like what you're saying part of it is too, is I think we spend so much time trying to explain autism, trying to explain our kid, trying to explain why something's hard why we can't do something or or why something's great where it's just like so much extra time goes into explaining that like I because mean. you can see in people's faces that they don't get it like you can mm-hmm. they're like oh Frick that's it. so great mm-hmm. but like you can see the facial expression of them not understanding it even still all these yeah. years later it's like people just don't and I feel like in the beginning you send so much energy trying to like make people I'm just like they're just gonna understand or they're not at this point But it's, <laughs> it's, you know it's really hard it's really just thinking about it talking about
0: it, explaining it yeah. like mm-hmm. defending it I've said many times if I didn't have a child on the spectrum I also would have never understood no way. I would have had no idea yeah the depths of this, the, the sleeping, the school, the friendships, the family, all of those dynamics, if I didn't have Kaya, I would have never truly understood them. I would hope I'd be a supportive friend, even if I didn't know, I hope, Well, I, I but I wouldn't it, have understood it really, yeah. truly, deeply.
4: The nice. one other thing that I wanted to say that I thought about when listening back is the comparison to other kids. And I feel like that comes up more often now for me than it did in the past, and it might be because my kids are getting older, might be because Nixon's in a, a mainstream classroom. It might be because Nora's like the gravity of her communication and her frustration around it is growing by the day. And I think that kind of is hitting me. And when I listen back to it, I'm like, I try and recognize those feelings, but they, you cannot stop them. I mean, you literally cannot stop them. And sometimes it is painful to be around other people's kiddos who are similar ages to yours that communicate or that have skills that your kids don't have, or I was thinking about this yesterday. I'm like, there's times moments where I'm like, why is this so hard? And still to this day, I feel that way. Sometimes I'm like, why is this so hard? Even though I know what the, that there's an answer to why it's so hard. And I try and like maneuver my way around making things as easy for my kids as possible. Any moment that I can. But it still like hits me sometimes where I'm just like,
0: God damn, this is so hard. It's yeah. so hard. Yeah. So the comparison for me has always been really hard. I talked about it in the other episode. And Kaya's twelve and turning thirteen, and we just went out for lunch with a friend who we have lunch with a, a couple times a year, and her daughter's ten and she's in cheer and she goes away to competitions. And that night she was having a sleepover with her friends. She's texting on her phone. I mean, Kaya has an iPhone, but I have to tell her someone texts her. I have to read it out to her and almost in a question so she knows how to appropriately answer. Like her dad texts her all the time. And um, anyway, so I have to almost read it out to her in a question. So I was just sitting at lunch. First of all, I just wanted to get up and run out. Like I did not even want to be at the table nothing against her and in that moment I felt I just felt this shift like it's you know it's like a sucker punch almost it, it really yeah. is it was hard it was hard like what I do just, we have
1: in common if this is your we, life
0: I, that's kind of what I felt like I kind of felt like it was this sort of there was nothing left to talk about at lunch and it was it was me I want to be clear this girl's amazing we walked into this place for lunch she had three children none of them are autistic and But she knows my daughter really well, and we walk in, and it's the same story I told before, the same person, different West restaurant, a year later. She walked in, she's like, "Um, excuse me, can you turn the music down, please? I mean, right away, she's the one asking, not even before I even get the opportunity to ask. And I think that that is amazing. But you get to a point where it's like, there's nothing to talk about at this day. Like, there's just nothing, it's that sh- weird shift where when her daughter was younger, it You know, like Kaya still watches Elmo. She's 12. She's turning 13. Her daughter's not watching Elmo. She's doing age-appropriate thing. So I, I was the very first time I felt like that in that relationship. It was really hard for me. But also, you know, I think, I don't know if it was Rachel that said bitter, but, or James, but it was you, James. Um, but, and I've said that a lot. I, for me, I really struggled with the comparison. And it's something I've come to realize over the last year, which I think for me, like Tabitha said, for her change in the last six months, for me, this is very pivotal. I was very angry. I've always, I've written about how I felt like our life stood still and everybody just kept living their life. But really the reality is it didn't affect them. I shouldn't have been angry that they, it's, of course, they're going to carry on. I mean, it's not their life. And, you know, so I'm thankful for the the people that stuck around, but it just hurts. I, yeah. And I'm not angry anymore. There's some people that, you know, the relationships, you know, there's the text here and there and I'm okay with it because I don't have that desire like I have nothing left to give, you know? So I feel like I wasn't being a good friend as well. You know, I didn't feel that way a year ago, but I, I realize that now, like they didn't do anything wrong. Their child wasn't diagnosed with autism. My child, my life, our lives changed, you know? And so coming to that realization and understanding and not holding on to that bitterness was a big change for me. I do have one person who I was friends with for years, years that I lost through this autism friendship thing that I have sort of contemplated reaching out to. I don't know if I'll get to that point where I will, but just that whole kind of realizing that, it's not that I thought they did something wrong, but I was bitter. I was bitter that people just, I was bitter their kids went to dance on Saturdays and having sleepovers and they could, Tabitha, you were talking about, yes, yeah, sleep, sleep as well. I remember being at the park and just looking over on the benches to the moms with their Starbucks.
2: My and God, I was yes.
0: literally chasing Friends. this kid. Yeah. Like I was in a,
1: yeah. A you know, to the listeners, yes, every mom sweating, is shaking sweating. their heads around to the three and four yeah. year old moms. Yeah. Yes, everybody. Yeah.
0: and And looking over on the benches and seeing people just, I mean, they're it's not kind of even watching there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like no one's even them I mean, They just look up, you know, make sure yeah, the kid's I there. Like, I want to walk a over and
1: smack that yes. Starbucks in right their hand every time. Like, oh, did yes. your cupcake, Rachel? Oh, sorry, yeah. I'll just grab it and drink it myself. I'm gonna grab that <laughs> and drink it myself. <laughs> I, you owe me did this. you bring yeah. that for me? Oh, you're yeah. chilling. Hey, I'm the one who needs
2: the caffeine. Put a straw. You <laughs> put a straw in it for
1: me.
4: We're friends now. I'm licking
2: your cup. Yeah, yeah. Well, Jen, I think part of that too is, I want to say it's growth and maturity, but I don't think that's really, well, I think and I think, I think it's part of the, great. like the steps of grief, right? We've talked yeah. about grief before, but mm-hmm. anger is a big part of that. And I think we all hear it. Like we all place that anger somewhere and friends can react badly too. It's not just our faults, I think, but sometimes that does come out to those friends and like more power to those people that stick around and stick through that but it's not that you're truly angry at them. You're just angry. You're not truly angry at them. At them. Yeah. But but a lot of, you know, we hear all the time, people are angry at autism. Can't really be angry at autism, but a lot of people don't know what else to say. And so we're angry. We're just trying to place that anger, but we're just, there's nowhere to, we can't place it on our child. That's sure as hell because we love our children. Yeah. it gets placed somewhere and it's hard and it's a reckoning for us when we come to that, but you don't always have the space and time to get to that. And you don't really have the space and time to navigate those relationships when you are going through something like that.
4: And I think sometimes our your <clears throat> friendships, people have an idea, especially if you have a long-term relationships with people, friendships, they have an idea of who you are as a as a human or what you're ingrained to do or what your relationship dynamics were. And sometimes all of that shit fades away and you can't be the person that remembers the birthdays and that shows up to every party and that makes the call first or sends the text message back Mm. or whatever the case may be. And they might be hurt that you've changed so much, even though that was out of your control, you know, like, I mean, those relationships shift. In every capacity, I think family, friends, you know, significant others, the whole thing when you get that autism diagnosis and friendships suffer. So and again, you can't explain that to like yeah. I'm angry because of X, Y, and Z, because you don't know that yet. You don't know why you're yeah. pissed off. You're just mad. Like,
3: you're just pissed I off. I think there's so many layers to it too. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? There's so many layers to it. So it's mm-hmm. like you stop peeling back the layers and, and that's when you you're hurt, you're angry, like. You're you just feel misunderstood. Like, I, I know a big thing with us was like when she was little, it was fine because all the kids are running around the park, all the kids are running around the beach and in the water. And every all the kids when they're little, when they're two, three, four, five, six, they're all over the place, right? Then as the kids start getting older, like, I always feel like, um, and I know I say that, like, my daughter doesn't, I don't mean that she doesn't want friendships because I don't know what she wants. Mm -hmm. She can't tell me what she wants. I just know it would take somebody who really could understand her and relate to her to foster a friendship. And we just don't have anybody in our life like that. Like if we were around maybe like one of you guys and we got together all the time, it really just takes someone who really has to like go out of their way to be able to relate to her. And it's hard when there's no language. It's just, it's, it's Mm -hmm. very difficult. Mm -hmm. It's always the thing of her being left behind. Like, I always feel that like. As the kids got older, like the kids in the family, and I don't blame them. Like it's not, it's, it's just what it is. They stopped seeking her out when they weren't little anymore. Sometimes we had people that don't acknowledge her. Don't say hi to her. Don't say bye to her. Mm -hmm. I have this one nephew who like, it means so much to me. And he's, he's kind of a kid. He's a kid who has a lot of issues and he always goes up to her and gives her a hug. Goodbye. He always says hi to her. Like Mm. this one kid does it makes me realize that like nobody else does it you know what I mean and even her own siblings now they're getting older she's always had them so they've kind of been like her friends but now they're not around they're driving they're out they're doing things and it's just like she's constantly left behind so it's not that it's that she doesn't want it she doesn't have a way to foster that you know like she doesn't understand as far as I know she doesn't un- understand those thoughts like she gets everybody at her program they tell me they're like they all love her they all are mm. drawn to her because she's happy she she laughs you know what I mean she's just that way but it's like she doesn't she can't come home if I say who's your friend she says mama I don't I <laughs> think it's just like a name she can say and a girl you know so it is really hard but in the beginning of our journey was a lot different because people didn't know about autism Do you know what I'm saying so it's like I couldn't really expect them to understand something I didn't even understand um but it's just hard it's like what Jamie said earlier you know like even though she doesn't necessarily know it doesn't mean it doesn't hurt me to see her mm-hmm. left out or left behind or not thought of and for the most part like it doesn't bother me on the regular it's just like you know, every, like we were going to have a family Christmas party. I ended up not being able to go because we had the flow. And there was all these gift exchanges going on. Like one for the little kids, one for like 13 and up, one for like the kids in the middle. And it's like, well, where does Alyssa fit in? And nobody's thinking of her not doing it on purpose i'm not mad it's nothing like that like i i get it it's not like you said jen it's not their priority you know and in my head i'm like i have to bring a gift to her because there's not going to be a gift exchange is she going to do the one with the babies like that's not going to make sense to her she certainly isn't going to do the adult yankee swap because if you give her a gift and you try to take it away they ain't going to go too good you know <laughs> and she's not going to understand scratch tickets and gift cards and it's just it's really hard like people don't understand like even going to a hall with her for a christmas party was like i actually wasn't going to bring her i end up fi- figuring out someone to watch her because it's like what is there for her to do she's going to sit yeah. at the table she can't have a conversation with somebody so it's like she's just going to sit there and be uncomfortable and when she was little she would like run around and climb on the chairs and be under the table and like and it would be fine because that's what like little kids do but as a 26 year old, she's, she's not going to do that. She's just going to sit there. Mm -hmm. It's just really hard when it kind of feels like everybody else kind of moves on. And then she's, she's left behind, even in her
1: own family, even in her own family. I will tell you, and also give you the Hail Mary and the Amen on the fact that your sweet Alyssa has grown so much is I'm certain, like I can picture her day program and all the people just like around her jubilee because she's so effervescent she's just bubbly but she also knows us and specifically she and I have this thing about the shirt and she's life so- and earth and give like a twirl about it she holds it a certain way she she's a friend and acting as such and we have an exchange every time and it's beautiful and she makes an effort and it's just so cool so I mean, I know that I can hear your tears and I know that we're not siblings oh, on the God. couch having a hoodsie cup together, but <laughs> she does have relationships, you know? And it's glorious. Each one of your kids, you know, we all obviously know each other's kids a bit and mm-hmm. it's
0: it's cool. I mean, Silly C- C- Flanagan like, could not have jumped into me up and l- wrapped her legs around me. Yeah. Any faster or harder if she tried. I mean, that oh, kid was God. like that's to me that was yes. amazing yeah and that was which was what I was gonna say you know since we've brought so much light and joy to friendship on this
2: episode as <laughs> always
0: that's I think makes our relationship that much more special
1: more special mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. special mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that
1: sounds right more special is better than specialer
0: well, specialer you know because finding you, you ladies I don't have to explain things you don't have to explain things and I think it was, I know for me, it, it it changed my life. And I'm very thankful for each and every one of you. Um, like you all said, if someone would have said we'd have four other internet besties, I would be like, what? But with, you know, when we got together, we've talked about it before. It didn't really, it wasn't, it was not strange. One iota, yet I can go out for lunch with someone that I've been friends with for 15 years. And I feel like complete strangers across Across the table. And so I'm just so thankful for you, ladies.
2: When Tabs was talking about like that beginning and you're like searching up people. So a lot of like talking about the anger part, a lot of my anger was placed at autism parents. And I know that sounds like weird, but I people who seem to have like accepted it, I was like pissed at like I don't know how to describe. So I we (laughs) all met in a supporter group. And in the beginning, I was just, and this was like while we were going through the idea of autism and through diagnosis, and we weren't sure. So someone might write something that was like Jesse and I was like, oh my gosh, it is autism then. And then I was like annoyed that
1: that everybody's response
2: is completely innocent person. And I wasn't like saying anything or being any mean on the internet, but I was just like, it's all within myself. And there was times like, I literally considered leaving that group because I just couldn't take it. I remember like at diagnosis, you know, they were like, well, go to parent groups and stuff like, and I was like, I don't want that. And I, I specifically said, I don't want autism to be our lives. Like it's going to be part of our life. Obviously we're going to figure it out and we're just going to, you know, like we might be the only people we know with an autistic kid and that's okay. Like in my brain, when this is all going, because I was in such denial about needing it and I didn't know, I didn't realize how isolated I would feel and I'm so glad I never left that group. And I'm so glad that I moved on in the process to get the book, because then I would have never met you guys. And that literally ate me alive that I had no one that mm-hmm. truly understood. And people tried, like of Bingo, course, Jamie. Am, like, like that
0: was like, spot on. Ate you me alive. Know,
2: yeah. I could not imagine if I had left that supporter group and never oh, found yeah. you guys. My yeah. life. And I mean, who could imagine wouldn't find and we've figured it out. We don't talk about autism stuff as much, but just having that basis with you guys, mm. it it makes such a difference and I'm very grateful. It I mean, really totally does. That it
3: mm, laugh yeah. about it in certain ways that, you know, others may find inappropriate <laughs> because it's like yes. we all get it and and that's how we get through it. You know what I mean? It's like we make jokes about it and you know if one of us is going, are even about ourselves and you can't do that with somebody else because they, they wouldn't know what to say they'd
2: be like I don't wow. want to offend you I don't want to like you know We <laughs> should so change our description because what is it like laugh with us cry with us like laugh with us so you don't cry <laughs> like, sometimes <laughs> yes. you don't laugh so you don't cry about it yes you have to recently one of the people that we've had
1: on the podcast said something about internet friends are not the same as friending or something to that effect. And I just want to say that we check so many boxes for me. It's therapy. It's real friendship. It's nocturnal friends. It's a brainstorm session. There isn't like a thesaurus of things or or like options in some catalog to how to live this life. It's like, you know, you don't sleep, try the melatonin. You don't sleep, try this. You don't do this. You try that. You, You know what I mean? Like we are well beyond... The first Google search in this life, and so to be able to go like deep into brainstorm session on several you know different threads or like with you guys and cut straight to the chase. I mean, you guys have told me there's a pattern going on in my house and life that I didn't even know. It's such an incredible asset, you know.
0: But also, pretend that in an ideal world we had this thriving friendships outside. When would there be time?
1: I mean, there really isn't the, the time. Why we talk about the commune? Because like yeah. living with a fire pit in the center <laughs> all of us in this folks is the only way we would be able to see one another unless we shared like a
2: communal laundry room or something well Kimmy's oh, no. couch because yeah. we got to watch our shows with her because
4: yeah because Neil is the to go to bed I'll watch Sunday Anarchy with you any day what? Kim
1: <laughs> hello on mute I don't care I've never watched that You should see the tattoos. One of the things that you guys talked about, or Jamie and Tabs talked about beautifully in the last episode was kind of these different ideas about how you couldn't bring forth what you wanted to the friendship. And as such, it was hard for you to be a part of it. Not to paraphrase so much, but that kind of. And I feel that in such a different way. Like I always talk about how often I listen to us, but it really hits me every single month or quarter that like. Something else comes back up. It's like watching the Gilmore Girls episodes that you know, Mm -hmm. but you see a different show in it because you're in a different season of your life. I feel, I don't know. It's just like, I I think one of the quotes in our journal, I think that I said was something like, um, if you understand this magic world, she'll bring you into some incredible view or she'll, you know. It was beautiful, I know what I said. it was beautiful. It's beautiful. Something about but it, if, she'll take you on you this
4: magical, a, yeah. If you yeah. take the time to get to know her, she'll know take her. you on a magical journey that you've never done yeah.
1: before. That, um, <laughs> that, that, but it's like I'm not consumed in the same way in the quest. Like, I'm still on this journey of how to help my kid, how to get there fastest. I'm so grateful to be able to have these brainstorm sessions with her aunties or you know, these other threads of people. And but it's it's just so incredible to be able to be moving through these different stages of friending and what I'm capable of bringing and how I know that like, it wasn't me or my sister that pulled back or is to blame for this stuff, that it's just part of what happened. And yeah, that, I don't know, there's just so much depth to that episode, really seriously, go back and listen to it. Yeah, go
4: listen to it. And I think it's, interesting to I love this looking back kind of because thinking about that time when we recorded that and all the different changes that have happened since then and the growth of our friendship since then as well too and the changes in the time even with each other I think that the time Jamie was saying this in one of our recent episodes was that the time is less now because of just life circumstances but it's still like that basis like she was saying earlier is there so
3: and I think too like not it's not even just people understanding the hard times it's people that really understand the good times too mm-hmm. because when yeah. something happens great with my kid the first thing I want to do is like tell you guys do you know what yeah. I mean it's like mm-hmm. where did I find out what she did or what she said or you know like when she did the song thing I'm like I'm like you know and they'll be 80s. like what are you doing I'm like I gotta tell believe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah you know because it's like that understanding of that as well how big you know how big
4: how big it is how big it really really is yeah you know
2: -hmm. real fast this is one of my like favorite quotes by tyler perry but he talks about friendship and he talks about how some people are leaves and he says some people come into your life and they are the leaves on the tree they are only there for a season you can't depend on them or count on them because they are weak and they only give you shade like leaves they take what they need and as soon as it gets cold or wind blows in your life, they are gone. You can't be angry at them. It's just who they are. And then he goes on to talk about branch people, how they're like more like pillar stones. And then you have your root people that like root you down. And he has another quote that I cannot remember exactly. But he talks about, you know, there's people that come into your life for a season and they're meant to just be there for a season. And that's great. And then they leave and that's okay too. And I think with a lot of this stuff and when these shifts happens, even when you just have a typical child, sometimes it expedites that and mm-hmm. people leave faster. Or, and I think that's okay. And I think we lost a lot of friends or a lot of friendships changed, but we found each other. Yes, yes. And that's yes. Why I'm crying, crying Tyler lives. Perry. I feel like our table is eh. made out of sugar maple
1: roots or something. <laughs> and in how many days, Rachel? How many days? Girl, let me refresh my app. Hang on one yeah. second.
0: We are going to get to see each other again, which is going to be amazing. Amazing. I, uh,
1: Three months, 19 days, 20 hours, 53 minutes until we take this stage. And, and I eat a card. <laughs> yeah, so this is arrival, uh, or not even arrival. This is um, how we are mic'd up for our live show. Yes, ma'am.
0: I've always said we are the ladies from The View.
1: <laughs> we would be great at a hot topics
0: table. Yes. I'm telling you. i I always joke i call it a season not a series (laughs) so if you'd Um, like
4: us to appear at your event please reach out to us table for five podcasts (laughs) email.com
0: yeah we are excited well i love you all so much i am so thankful for your friendships and Mm -hmm. yeah love you it sounds cheesy but it's really made this life a whole lot better and easier and easier because you know you have those friends to way more laughs yeah a lot more laughs love you guys bye all right. Have a great night, everyone. Thanks for
2: joining Thank you us. Everyone. Bye. Thank you for sitting at the table for this episode of the Table for Five No Reservations podcast. To learn more, please read the description of this episode. In there, you can also find where to sign up for our newsletter and how to become a supporter. Join us next week for more. And while you wait, check out our content on Facebook and Instagram. If you are enjoying the podcast, please make sure to subscribe and rate and review us wherever you listen. To contact us, you can email us at tableforfivepodcasts at gmail.com. We can't wait to sit with you again. Bye.